Hi, you're listening to the 1306 Podcast, episode... This is the 4th. 4. Technically the 5th thing we've released, but it's episode 4. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm Andrew. Yeah. I'm Ryan, and I'm not sick this time. He's not sick this time. It's really great, because now I feel safer sitting like 2 feet away from him. <laughs> um, we're going to start this one on a pretty hot note, right? Last week, we were... Uh, we nominated our first nominees, if you will, for the uh, 1306 Hall of Acclaim. And we're going to start this episode by announcing the winner. By a vote of 25% to 75%, the winner goes to... John Rothstein. Tom Brady's Super Bowl commercial Bullshit. for Hulu. Bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah. So there is going to be another one of those. We're going to do the nominations at the end of this episode, and you can vote on Twitter, at 1306sports, and that'll just be how it is. But congratulations to Tom Brady's Super Bowl commercial. You are the first entrant into the 1306 Hall of Acclaim. Yeah, keep sleeping on John. Keep sleeping on John. All right. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? I guess. Go for it. My first um, news story... Uh, I'm going to decide, usually people start big, but I'm going to start with something. It's not as big, but it's more interesting. Kevin Garnett is getting his jersey retired by the Celtics. Be like, okay, makes sense. But, still hasn't gotten his jersey retired by the Timberwolves. What are your thoughts on that? I don't make no damn sense. (laughs) Like, did Kevin Garnett ever win any MVPs with the Celtics? I don't think so. Right. So why are they retiring his number? Only because he won all those. He got brought him to two finals, and he was like the big piece that got him, made him a full championship team. Yeah, but, but but like Kevin Garnett, while he was at the T Wolves, was like regarded as one of, if not the best player in the league at that point. And and he won multiple MVPs. I don't know if it was multiple, but while with the Timberwolves, he. I still think he's better. His whole career is better. But while the Timberwolves, he was statistically better than Tim Duncan, who's arguably a top 10 player of all time. The big fundamental Tim Duncan. Yeah. T-Wolves, retire his number. Show the man the respect he deserves. And I can't think of anyone else in the franchise who's been better than Kevin Garnett. Like, try to think of any. Sam Castle? No. Carl Anthony Towns? Fuck no. Can't play defense. Those are the only two names I could think of. No, like, it's not even a question that Kevin Garnett is probably the best Timberwolf ever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, retire his number or you're stupid. Yes. That's my take. Uh, so this is, is, is that, does that satisfy that story? Yeah, it satisfies me. I just wanted to get that out there. I don't get why you wouldn't put fucking kg he was literally in the movie uncut gems he was he was awesome should have been best supporting actor um should have gone that put that into his accolades closet just i don't know how he's not hasn't got his number retired he's a beast yeah not so much else you can say about that all right my first story miles garrett has claimed that mason rudolph called him a racial slur before he hit him with his helmet he's been making that claim for a while however i find it very suspicious um, let me tell you what I've seen in terms of that investigation. So, for those unaware, for those living under a rock, um, there was an incident in November 
between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers where Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph of the Steelers over the head with a helmet. Um, assault. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, no, it was definitely assault. Um, I mean, Mason Rudolph was probably being a dick, but, like, you know. Mason Rudolph did try to take his helmet, tried to take it, uh, Miles Garrett helmet off. Of well, that's what I'm saying. Before. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a random, like, come from behind. Like, yeah. he, he didn't, like, jump him. Like, it was a fight. But, yeah. So, Rudolph, so, ever since these claims have come out, a lot of people have been asking the NFL to investigate it. Um, I've read that Rudolph was mic'd up during the game and that um, they didn't find anything. Uh, And then people are asking the NFL to release his entire, like, tape, which, why the fuck would you do that? Like, you don't... (laughs) Here's here's the thing. There's a lot of bad things that could be heard. Uh, Just, like, swear words. uh, But then there's also, like... He could be talking tactics, you know? You don't want to... Yeah, You don't want to... He's the quarterback of the fucking Steelers. Like, you don't want to... You don't want to... What? Only for the season. Oh, yeah. But, like, still. But still. But still. (laughs) But still. Like, it's... You don't... That'd just be, like, really toxic to um, release that footage. Yeah. Um, Also, so Garrett still maintains... He recently did an interview with ESPN. He still maintains that... um, Rudolph said a racial slur. Um, here's the thing. Uh, in my mind, I think it's bullshit. He keeps lying about it. I really do think so. Race and racial abuse is a huge issue, which makes me think, if he really did say that, Miles Garrett would have been saying that shit from the jump. He did not mention it once during the post-game interview. Very true. Or interviews afterward. Like, it just became a thing. Like... Miles Garrett is serving a hell of a punishment, or he did serve. I don't really know. Yeah, he just got reinstated. Right, exactly. I think today. So you would think, you would think, like, that would be thing one, because that could be, like, that's a pretty serious thing to bring up. And if you're getting, like, an NFL, like, ban, you'd be like, hey, this guy kind of deserves more, too. He called me a racial (laughs) slur. But he didn't mention it for suspiciously long. And um, also, you know, athletes and teams are not above lying. I don't need to give you examples like lying and cheat, like it's it's just what like Tim Donaghy in the NBA. Oh, or I was talking steroids? about steroids. No, I was talking about like the Astros. Oh, because also like side well side story. The <laughs> there was um there was a thing. There's a thing. Are you talking Jim Crane? Uh yeah, I have something about the Astros coming up. I yeah. don't want to spoil it. All right, all right, all right, then we'll we'll save that. But yeah, teams are not above lying. So my verdict um is that Miles Garrett is lying. I am really sorry if that offends anybody, but due to logic and evidence and research, um, I just and the the timing seems way too suspicious. I I don't think he's telling the truth. And if he is, and it comes out that he is, I will hold my hands up. I will admit on air that I was wrong. However, I don't think I am. I would need to hear from other players on the field if they heard anything, because. If you couldn't tell, they were all kind of very close together during the fight and before the fight. So I feel if Miles Garrett heard him call him a racial slur, I feel like other players on both the Steelers and the yeah. Browns would have heard it and would have said something. So I need more information on the topic for it. There, there would have to be a lot more accounts, and I haven't seen any other ones, but Miles Garrett is still maintaining that. He's, I don't know. I think it's a lie. But um, go ahead. So, as we hinted before... Last night, or not last night, yesterday morning, the Astros held a press conference 
in which they all said, hey guys, hey guys, I know, I know what we did from 2016 to 2019 was kind of bad, but we're sorry. We're sorry. That's what the players said. Then owner Jim, <laughs> Jim Crane comes out and he said, yeah, we hit garbage cans to tell people with signs. He didn't say, we, yeah, we had buzzards, but I think they had buzzards on their... Uh, buzzing for which pitch was coming yeah we had a camera in center field yeah we had people hired to go in the dugouts and the stands and take pictures of the signs but that didn't help us win a world series <laughs> we cheated but that didn't help us win that didn't help us go from one of the worst teams in baseball to world series champions what are you guys talking about and it well i, I want to know what you think about it i read this story and i was like how do you he so there was a part where like he said Yad influenced the game and then he got a follow up question about it and he was like well it didn't I never said it helped us influence the game like <laughs> directly after he explicitly said it helped them influence the game I just I fucking um I I guess they like they they should look into better like crisis PR oh my god yeah because, he's doing some of the worst PR because, in the league because like the the way like like how. In what, in what way is that not influencing the game? That is literally, you're literally hacking the game. You're quite <laughs> literally infiltrating the other team's tactics using illegal, like, actions. I, it's just like, uh, oh, Jim Crane, you've had an absolute nightmare. You, you, you've won, uh, what was the award I gave Jimmy G? Shitting the bed. You've shat the bed. This <laughs> week's shitter of the bed, Jim Crane. Shit your britches, man. Come on. You win. You win. You're a loser. My favorite thing about it is that Jose Altuve went from going, yeah, this is bullshit, everyone worrying about this, we're going to win the World Series next year, too. We kind of fucked up. <laughs> and I, I don't know, that just made me laugh. Like, it makes you look like, makes you look more like an idiot, in my opinion. Bunch of clowns. But, also, I just got to let this out as we're talking about it. Wall Street Journal, their investigation said the scheme started in 2016. Do you know where Alex Cora was in 2016? I do not know. He was on Baseball Tonight for ML of the uh, show about the MLB on ESPN. He was not a bench coach for the Astros, as the Astros said he was a mastermind in creating some of the schemes they use in cheating. Free Alex Cora. That's all I got to say. You know what? Free Alex Cora. Um, but um, speaking of Red Sox managers, um. So right now the search has kind of continued, but Ron Renneke has been um, put in as the interim general manager. General, general manager? manager, not general Hello. manager. Hello, hi, it's big stupid <laughs> guy time. Okay, yeah, Ron Renneke. Um, so here's a little bit about Ron Renneke. He was the Brewers manager from 2011 to Bruins. Bruins. Woo! Like. The Boston Bruins. No, he Hockey? was the Milwaukee Brewers manager. Oh, Brewers. Milwaukee. <laughs> He's a by sport manager. Uh, manager from 2011 to 2015. 2011, his first season, he led the Brewers Brewers to a 96-66 and 66 season, and they lost in the NLCS to the St. Louis Cardinals, 96? who... 96 wins and wow. 66 I losses. Know that. Yes. Um, lost in the NLCS to St. Louis, who would eventually win the World Series against the Rangers, and that year he finished second in NL Manager of the Year. Um, and then he sucked until he was fired in 2015. Yes. Um, the Brewers were like, I remember it was like 2012, the Brewers were on fire, and then they just like shat the bed in the last couple 
months of the season, they finished 82 and 80. And then he, they never had another above 500 season, I don't think. And then he got fired like 18 games or like the first within the first 30 games of the 2015 season. I don't remember much about 2012. I kind of tried to really erase that year from my memory. 2012 was not a good year no, for fans just, like us. No, I just want to erase that year from my memory. Didn't I can happen. understand that. Yeah. 2013, though, that happened. 2013, that was, happened. 2013 was the most happening year. Um, yeah, so do you think Renicky would stay around if he does well? If he does well and he can relate to the players well, yes. I'm more of a younger manager guy. A lot of people who are old-fashioned will say, you, don't, you can't do all these first-time managers. But the thing about the first-time managers is that they can relate to the younger players. That was one of the things that the Red Sox said were a problem with John Farrell. They'd be a top team in the East, but the mood in the locker room was we're bad, and our co-manager has no confidence. He just he doesn't talk to the players. But when Alex Cora comes in, the mood completely changed. We feel like a winning team. He, he talks to the players. Even in 2019, we may have been one of the most disappointing seasons as the Red Sox, but he the players were still feeling more up, up confident about the season because of how Alex Cora treated the younger players and how he could just, you know what they're feeling. I'm not going to say relate again because I've said it like six times. Yeah. But Ron Ecke, I think I gotta wait it out. I don't. I feel very neutral on it. I don't think he's gonna be do bad. I don't think he's gonna do amazing because they're still searching for a manager. They're holding out for the right guy. It is. He is titled as the interim manager. Yeah. So I mean, but um, guys like um, I read this article. Um, I believe it was on ESPN as well. Um, it was like just a bunch of the younger guys on the Sox, like uh, Jackie, uh, Benintendi, Chavis, mm-hmm. all speaking very highly about Renicky and how. Just it's just like I don't know. I think it's interesting that like they, I mean they're talking them up, but like I can't imagine a world where they'd be like, nah, this was a shit idea. <laughs> Why in the world would you hire this guy that's now my manager? So I mean, while while it's nice to hear the Red Sox talking good about him, I'm not quite sure how authentic it is. Yeah. Just because you literally couldn't say anything else. Like they could be speaking mad truth right now, but they could also just be like, "I am being nice because I have to be." And this season, off season, has been horrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say it was the most exciting thing that happened to the Red Sox this off season? It was Andrew Benintendi's extension during his arbitration meetings. Let's go. Yes. My one more thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe our pitching will do better with him as manager. I know he's. I think I read this. I don't remember. It was like a week ago that he has good relations and with the pitching staff, and hopefully that is a positive for the team. Yep. Um. All right. So we're going to move on to... Wait, I have another story. You have another story? I have another story. Oh, my God. Did you hear that Jason Tatum dropped 39 points last night with nine rebounds on 60% shooting with Kawhi Leonard guarding him? No, I did not hear that. Yes, not only did he do that, he also held Kawhi Leonard two. One for seven from the field, and at his total, he shot three for 11, which is 27% shooting percentage, which is, for Kawhi Leonard, one of the, considered one of the best players in the league, is absurd. Do you think this is the best game of his career so far? I'm saying so far because Tatum obviously has a very high ceiling. Yeah, I mean... An offensive performance like that, and then a defensive performance like that against one of the best players in the league, it's hard to pinpoint another game where he's been so 
like prolific and influential in the game, I I couldn't yeah, I just couldn't think of another example as to how that is isn't the best game of his career. Um yeah, just good on him, honestly. It's I and again, this is the whole thing. I wish I could watch more NBA. <laughs> I never know when it's on and I can rarely ever catch the games. But the Celtics are having a good year. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, they are. Um I'm <laughs> I'm a I'm like a so I'm I'm from the DC area, but I was raised as a like Boston sports fan because of my family. Um, so I'm I'm a Celtics fan like technically if I care about basketball. Um, so it's it's good to see Tatum doing well. I remember he was, I think he's living up to the hype that he had when yes. he was first drafted. He's just not been bad. A lot of people just fizzle out, and Tatum's just not been one of them. He's been consistently good for the, through the first few years of his career. So, I mean, just good on him, and it's good to see that he isn't slowing down. He also did this in less than 48 minutes, which is surprising because the game went into double OT. And you're right about the fizzling out things. A lot of Duke players seem to go to the NBA as stars, high draft picks, but they fizzle out, kind of like Tyus Jones, Jabari Parker, who isn't really fair to say because he's had injuries, but I'm glad to see one of them do good, and it was awesome. I just want to brag that I got to see him when he played for Duke when Syracuse beat him at the buzzer. Just want to brag about that quick. Just want to <laughs> brag about that, and he was electric then, still electric now. Wish him luck at the All-Star Weekend. Yeah. Speaking of the All-Star Weekend... Um, we're doing a prediction segment. Predictions. Prediction time, segment. All right. The skills <laughs> challenge. Patrick Beverly, DeMontis Sabonis, Chris Middleton. Sabonis. Sabonis. <laughs> Damie Saboner. Uh, <laughs> Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Bam Adebayo, Spencer Dinwiddie, best name in sports, <laughs> Pascal Siakam, and Shai Shay, the dude that replaced Shai Gilgis Alexander. Yes, Shai Gilgis Alexander. Skills challenge. Who are you, who's your money on? Well, Derrick Rose was in the skills challenge until he had, a, I think, an ankle or back injury. He's recovered from that now. I would have had him because he's the greatest player of all time. But <laughs> um, I'm going to say Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie's just electric. He's a great player. He's an all-around kind of guy. And I, it's going to be, I think, a finalist is going to go number one, Dinwiddie, second place, Tatum, third place, Shy Gilgis. Um, I will predict only because I love his name, Spencer Dinwiddie as well. Yes. Um, Three-point contest, Devontae Graham, Zach Levine, who has done that instead of the dunk contest for reasons I could not comprehend, Um, Duncan Robinson, Trey Young, Buddy Heald, Davis Bertens, Joe Harris, and Dame Lillard. Who do you have? Joe Harris, back-to-back. Come on, Joe Harris is lights out three point shooter, and Virginia three point shooter, NBA three point shooter had a 92 overall on one of his cards in 2K19. He's a he's an animal back to back. Second place will be Dame. Third place will be Zach Levine. And if Zach Levine isn't doing good by the second round, he could go in and just do a through the leg slam if you wanted to and be like, I'm done, I'm leaving. <laughs> I should be in the All-Star game. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll just go with Joe Mama as well. Dunk contest. 
Uh, Patrick Connaughton, who recently has reached out to Christian Yelich, also of a Milwaukee franchise. Yes. So we might be seeing a... Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. We might be seeing a uh, little... Like, so Connaughton's going to jump over Christian Yelich. Okay, cool. Um, uh, sick. Derek Jones Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Dwight Howard. Who have you got? I still got Aaron Gordon, but Pat Connaughton, I love watching him at Notre Dame. Uh, I hope you come in second. You're, you're nice. You're good at basketball. <laughs> I hope you dunk over Christian Yelich. That'd be fucking sick. He's gonna dunk over Christian Yelich. <laughs> I can't imagine a world where he doesn't. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with, uh, Aaron Gordon. And only because... He's Aaron Gordon? I, I, oh, <laughs> no, 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 here's the thing. Here's, I'm not explaining why Aaron Gordon's gonna win. It's because he's Aaron Gordon. But my second place... Only because he's going to make it to the final because of nostalgia, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard? Because there are going to be some old heads I judging. That. I can see that. And they're going to be like, oh, Dwight Howard. I remember when he was really, really good. Who are the judges this year? I, su- I don't they know. know it was released the other day. There are, I think there are a couple legend, a legend or two. I can't remember. Kind of pissing me off now. Oh, well. Nah, Dwight, Dwight Howard. Dude, Dwight, Dwight Howard, Howard was like Dax. Dax? Dax. Do you know the rapper? No. Oh. If you're listening, if you're listening, real quick, pull up Dwight Howard, pull up Dax. You'll see what I mean. Okay, I do if have you a. Know, you know. If you know, if you know, you know. I do have a fun fact. Uh, on this day, so today is Valentine's Day, February fourteenth. Um, on this day in eighteen eighty-seven, the Chicago Cubs sold Mike King Kelly to the to Boston for a then record amount of money. Tell me what that. Uh, tell me what that dollar figure is. Three thousand dollars. Dude, ten thousand dollars in eighteen eighty seven. That's bank. Yeah, yeah. Now it's bank. Still ten thousand dollars in my opinion. That's bank. For a player, I don't though, have any money. For a player to uh, no, for like, <laughs> for like a, uh, for like a team selling a player to another team. That was like, ten thousand. Yeah, that was a record back wow. in eighteen eighty seven. Now, if you tried to sell, like. I don't think that's possible to sell $10,000 now. I was going to say. All right. So that's that fact. Okay. Hall of Acclaim. Second ep- uh, episode. Second entrant to the Hall of Acclaim. Um, as the winner of the first one, uh, I will go first. My Hall of Acclaim nominee is the best number 12 in the history of the game of football of the D.C. Defenders... Cardale Jones had a monster game last week. You know, awesome trick play. Uh, hell of a way to kick off the new XFL. Um, I love Cardale Jones. Uh, you know, hashtag defend the DMV, all that bullshit. Um, Cardale Jones is my nominee. My nominee is Frank's Red Hot. <laughs> yes, Frank's Red Hot. Has changed my life and my breakfast in countless ways. <laughs> and ever since I stopped seeing it in the dining hall a few weeks ago, um, I haven't eaten have breakfast. Notice, you have been noticeably sadder. Yeah, I just don't eat breakfast anymore. I don't. I try to push my way, way through the eggs with Heinz ketchup and just like, fuck me, I need some Franks. <laughs> and I bought a big bottle of Franks. But I either for, don't bring it down because I just don't want to have my pants sagging to the left or right because of some bottle, or because how am I going to remember to bring that to class? It's Frank's Red Hot. I got to be thinking about a test in it or or 
project. Not Frank's Red Hot. So Frank's Red Hot, thank you for I mean, making cla- breakfast better class- and thank you making eggs bearable. Class is important. That's but my nomination. Class is important, but breakfast is the most important meal of the day, Ryan. Yeah, I eat sandwiches for breakfast now. Not uh, breakfast sandwiches. Chipotle ranch, burgers. lettuce, bacon, uh, ham, turkey, cheese. All right. So the nominations so this the week. Works. Nominations this week are Frank's Red Hot and the best number 12 in football history, Cardell Jones of the D.C. Defenders. <laughs> um, I think that's it for today. That's all I got. Um, yeah. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to all those listening in your lonely little grottos. Yeah, shout out the single people. Woo! I'm with you. <laughs> Ryan is with you. Um, yeah, follow us on Twitter to vote on the Hall of Acclaim, uh, at 1306sports, and follow us on Twitter also. Whoa, hello. Follow us on Instagram, also at 1306sports. Check out our website, 1306sports.com, if you want to see other awesome podcast article. Um, and just to keep up with all of our content and, uh, yeah. Happy Valentine's day to everybody listening. Yeah. Happy Valentine's day. Uh, read everyone's blogs as always listens to all the podcasts because they're all fucking awesome and keep on the lookout for new content. Hell yeah, boys. Hasta la vista. Peace.